Hey, what's up, guys? Pete Mundo here. Thanks for checking out this week's uh, radio show. Flipped into a podcast. Appreciate it. Please leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. I really do appreciate if you could do that. Helps us out a lot. We are growing this thing every week because of you. And if you do it, I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. All you have to do is send me an email to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get the koozie in the mail for you. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the show. Well, we keep it rolling on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And always great to get the insights of Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman been reading his stuff for many years does a uh, fantastic work there also with the sports animal Barry appreciate a few minutes and I want to uh, start in the wake of the NFL draft OU number one pick second straight year of course with Kyler Murray uh, best showing in the big 12 by far one of the best showings in the country it feels to me Barry like this OU program under Lincoln Riley is just the rich getting richer and if you're an OU fan, I mean, what can we expect on the recruiting end for this program, for Lincoln Riley moving forward, based on the success they've had not just on the field but off the field? Yeah, you know, Lincoln was hired almost two years ago and really invigorated this program with some recruiting energy. Mm-hmm. Now, with all that said, all these guys that went in the draft the other day were Bob Stoops recruits. So props to Bob for the foundation he left. But um, but Lincoln has really sort of uh, uh, invigorated this program with his offensive acumen, and now his recruiting. So the program does look in good shape. And with all that said, it just lost. You know what was it? one, two, three, seven, seven offensive players were yeah. drafted. So the idea that they can be anywhere near where they were a year ago seems seems implausible mm-hmm. offensively. Probably need that defense to rise up and be better, which hard hard to be worse. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's a pretty high standard that the Sooners have set. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Barry, you know, no doubt about it that the offensive side of the ball has far exceeded what the defense has done. After spring practice, with that being in the books, uh, what is your takeaway and what are your impressions of Alex Grinch and, and if he is the guy that can uh, do what nobody has done in quite some time and turn around that defense? Well, I'm very impressed with Alex Grinch and his philosophy. He's preaching aggressiveness. He's preaching, um, oh, uh, high high motors, taking you know, forcing turnovers, those kinds of things. All the things you talk about that you want. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, the third, the uh, the Oklahoma talent base on defense has been very uh, small in recent years. Um, they just don't have enough good players. Is their problem. Mm-hmm. And no matter what kind of coach you hire, he's not, he can't fix a lack of talent. So I think the rebuild of this OU defense is going to take a while. So mm-hmm. I think small steps is what you is what you're having to look for here. Um, you know, it, by the way, I judge defenses, which is getting off the field uh, with a minimum amount of, uh, of points allowed. Oklahoma had the worst defense in the Big Twelve last year, mm-hmm. which is incomprehensible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, it's just it really nuts is. to think that the Sooners could have the worst defense in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. So if Alex Grinch can get this team into a you know, mid-level defense this coming season, that would be a big improvement and would be a very good sign 
that things are on the right track. Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman is our guest. Uh, Barry, before we get to the Big 12 as a whole, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Cowboys. You know, I, I feel like it's a it's a weird time right now for Mike Gundy's program. Like, he's, he had the three straight 10-win seasons, a, a bit of a, you know, mediocre season last year. I don't know what's going on at quarterback. Is it Spencer Sanders? Is it Drew Brown? Uh, what is what is the pulse? I hate to use the cliche, but what is the pulse of this Oklahoma State football program right now? Well, there's a little bit of uh, unknown. Uh, as you mentioned, the Mason Rudolph era, 15 through 17, was excellent mm-hmm. with 10-win seasons and, oh, not necessarily Big 12 title contention, but Big 12 relevancy, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then last year, they go 7-6, and six, and they weren't that far away. They, they lost a couple, maybe even three games that, you know, they shouldn't have lost. And if they win those, they're 10 and three and everything's as the same as normal. Uh, so the key is, can they get back to, to winning games in, in tight situations? And uh, Gundy has built a solid uh, talent base. It's not, you know, it's not the, the richness of an Oklahoma, but they've got good ball players up there. So if they can get back to just sort of the, the winning mentality, then they'll probably be back close to where they were. The quarterback is a concern. They got ball handler, uh, playmakers uh, in skill positions all over the field. Tylen Wallace was a Blitnikoff finalist. Ch- mm-hmm. Chuba Hubbard is an outstanding tailback. So they got they've got big time playmakers, but the quarterback is an un- unknown. They they were not uh, exceptionally good at quarterback last year. They were solid with Taylor Cornelius, but not great. And they're used to good quarterbacking in Stillwater. So I think they want Spencer Sanders to win the job. He's a redshirt freshman who has playmaking ability. If he could win that job, boy, I think they'd be very thrilled and pleased for the future. Mm -hmm. Barry, um, you know, one thing that I know it's a couple months in the past, but the recruiting trail, you know, they always say recruiting takes a year after a great season or a great couple of seasons to really pay off. Uh, And I know this has always been a point of contention between Mike Gundy and and, uh, T. Boone Pickens and Mike Holder and these guys, but you still don't see Mike Gundy recruiting those top 15, top 20 classes that some people think he should. Is is this just kind of how it's going to be? What do you think of that? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, Mike Holder, the athletic director, has at times been a little bit, um, you know, publicly uh, critical of Gundy's recruiting efforts. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there is something there. It's still not a great place to recruit to, an easy place to recruit to. It's, you know, it's it's still along the lines of a Kansas State, uh, maybe not as as desolate as an Iowa State, but along the lines of a West Virginia and a and a, uh, a Kansas State is places that, you know, you can get good players, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So, I, I you know, I, I sort of defend Gundy to some degree. I think he's done an excellent job, you know, recruiting sort of B-list players. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to do that, you got to you got to keep ter- turning those B-list players into A-plus players. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma State historically has done that the last 10, 15 years, but they got to keep doing it. You can't ever stop 
or you're stuck with a B-list roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry, when you look across the Big 12, uh, four new coaches in the mix this year at Kansas, Kansas State, and then, of course, uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech with Neil Brown, Matt Wells, Chris Kleiman, Les Miles. Which one of these guys are, are you most intrigued by heading into 2019? Well, uh, I'm most impressed by Neil Brown at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great fit. Yeah. But I think it's such a good fit that it doesn't really intrigue me. Now, West Virginia lost their coach to Houston, Dana Hogerson. Mm-hmm. And most Mountaineer fans, personnel, everybody is sort of glad at the trade they made. Mm-hmm. They'd rather have Neil Brown and Dana Hogerson. So the intrigue is not there. I think the intrigue is in Manhattan, where Kansas State is again going to forage into a brave new world without Bill Snyder. They tried it once before, 06 to 08, with, uh, oh, uh, oh, heck, I can't even remember. Uh, uh, Ron Prince. Ron Prince. I, was, I could remember Ron. I couldn't think of Ron's last <laughs> name. Ron Prince and K-State. Uh, you know, Prince wasn't bad, but he just wasn't Bill Snyder. And, uh-huh. and things got a little sideways, and they had very little patience for football without Bill Snyder. Well, now Bill Snyder is almost 80 years old. I don't think he's coming back for a third, for a third act. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Chris Kleiman has been successful at North Dakota State. He's done a lot of cool things. He's opened up practice. He's gone social media crazy. He's he's sort of uh, he, he's sort of taking Kansas State from uh, from the dusty black and white of Kansas into the wonderful world of Oz. Mm-hmm. So you know it, it's a it's an interesting time for K State fans, but they're going to want him to win. You know, I was looking up some draft data today. We all talk about Bill Snyder doing less, you know, doing more with less and not recruiting well, blah, blah, blah. But Bill Snyder produced ball players. Kansas State has had an uh, NFL uh, player. They've had a player drafted in the NFL draft every year since 93. So they've, they've brought talent through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it's been manufactured. Mm-hmm. But can Chris Kleiman do the same thing? and instill a, a similar winning culture, because that's what Snyder did. He built a winning culture in Manhattan. Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman is our guest. Um, you know, Barry, obviously Texas fans believe that they are back. The program is back. You look at last year, they get to the Big 12 championship game, they lose to OU. Uh, should Texas fans be confident that this thing is finally on the right track, or do you want to see another year of this kind of success? Oh, I want to see another year, but I don't blame Texas fans for being confident. Mm-hmm. I think they got their quarterback. Sam Ellinger is a winner. Mm-hmm. Played very well last year. Really, that's been the problem at UT. Is they just haven't had a quarterback they can count on. Ellinger has, has done that. He showed that last year. I think Tom Herman is a really good coach. So I would be excited if I was a Longhorn fan. Now, with that said, they got to rebuild the defense. They lost all those mm-hmm. defensive guys. So I don't know that Texas can be the, you know, uh, the an automatic contender for the Big 12 title game. Uh, I think there's a good chance they could return to Arlington, but I don't think it's a given. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm generally optimistic about the Longhorns because mm-hmm. of Herman, because of Ellinger. And uh, you know they, they showed last year that that's they've got the foundation for a pretty for a pretty solid program. So 
I would be optimistic. I don't blame the burnt orange if they're optimistic. Now. <laughs> Last thing for you, Barry, and then we'll get you out of here. Um, I always appreciate it. When you look at the Big 12 and the NFL draft, what we talked about earlier, uh, picks per team, I think, is the best way to put it. You can't just look at total draft picks because the Big 12's got 10 teams, ACC, Pac-12, the others have uh, 14. So uh, let's look at picks per team. The Big 12 at 2.6 was third behind the Big 10 and the SEC. Uh, it looks like the Big 12 is starting to do a better job producing NFL draft picks. Where do you see this hierarchy right now of the Power Five conferences and where the Big 12 fits in? Well, the best news for the Big 12 is unlike about five years ago, the Big 12's future seemed shaky. Mm-hmm. The success rate was was minimal. That has all changed. You know, the Pac-12 now seems like the conference that's on the bottom, you know, struggling for air. So the, the, the Big 12 has raised its status there. And I would say the Big 12 has raised its status above the ACC um, with, the, you know, with the notable exception of Clemson. Clemson's sort of keeping the ACC uh, brand out there. Mm-hmm. So the Big 12 you know, is a far cry from the SEC or even the Big 10 in terms of status. But I do think they have raised it in there into the middle of the Power Five. And that's a big improvement and much better than where we were a few years ago. Very. So uh, the new coaches, I think, are key. If they can, if they can lift those programs and, and the uh, solid coaches like Gundy and Patterson and Herman can keep, keep things uh, solid, I think the Big 12's got a chance to, to really beef up what had been a tattered reputation. He's Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman. Always fantastic to talk to him. Barry, thanks so much for a few minutes. Always appreciate it. You bet. See you guys later. Always great to have Barry Trammell on. Appreciate him and uh, appreciate you listening. Leave us a rating, review, uh, subscribe, iTunes, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. All you got to do is send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get the koozie in the mail. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.